Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading in the red this morning following a sell-off on Wall Street overnight. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How are you doing, Ryan Hua? Morning, Michelle. I'm doing okay. How about you? All right. You're sounding like Rod Stewart this morning, Ryan. Yes. I have to say. A bit like Like a real star. (laughs) All right. Let's start this morning with the world of tech, where Microsoft has become the latest big-name company to retrench employees. The software giant is laying off 10,000 people in anticipation of business slowing. Now, while cost-cutting is at the heart of layoffs, it doesn't come cheap. So just how much will this round of layoffs cost Microsoft? All right. We are looking at yet another tech company announcing layoffs and it is expected to take a charge of over $1 billion. So that's how much we are expecting, $1.2 billion to be exact. And that is 10,000 workers or around 5% of his workforce. So a sign that the tech sector is bracing for worse to come. Mm. Now, investors may like it when companies reduce headcount to cut costs, but some observers argue that it's a bad long-term strategy. So if we zoom out for a minute, there is one big tech company that is bucking the trend. Unlike the others, it's not announced any retrenchments. So who might this be? Yeah, surprise, Apple. Mm. It is not announcing any layoffs yet, and that could be because it was not as aggressive as the other tech firms in hiring in the past few years. So that's a big reason. And if you look at some of the numbers, as of September 2022, Apple had 164,000 employees. And that was only a 6.5% rise from the same period in 2021, around 10,000 employees. So not as aggressive as its competition. If we turn to the U.S. economy where economic news came in overnight, I want to start with potentially good news, which is on the inflation front. Tell us more, Ryan. Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to what's playing out on the data front because you have Mm. sometimes that saying, bad news being good news and good news being bad news. So it's very (laughs) hard and confusing sometimes to figure out what to take away from the numbers and looking at, for example, wholesale prices. That came in Mm. at 1.1% and uh, that's or rather that came in at 0.5% drop for the PPI numbers, producer price index. So that was worse than the expected 0.1%. So inflation there, not as hot as expected, so easing up even though still at quite high levels. So it's a bit of a mixed takeaway on the wholesale prices at least, but at least it's showing some signs of moderation, which is what the Fed is hoping for. So wholesale prices are down, which indicates the Fed's interest rate policy could be bearing fruit. On the downside, though, there is another piece of economic data out that has investors worried again about the risk of recession. What is this? Yeah, it's around consumer spending. So if Mm. you look at retail sales numbers, December figures were down 1.1%, slightly more than the forecast 1%. So it's a sign that consumers are slowing down their spending. And if you look at department store sales, they're down 6.6%. Online sales dropped 1.1%. So all in, it looks like that's what the Fed wants for the economy to start showing some slack. But at the same time, you have to worry if this is a sign of how 
the consumers are starting to tighten their purse strings even more, maybe perhaps down the road, which will then mean the wider US economy could be in for even deeper pain in terms of a possible recession. So which side won out overnight in the markets? The bulls who are banking on lower interest rates or the bears that are afraid of a hard landing? Yeah, it looks like the bears are just getting a bit of advantage looking at the numbers and we saw the markets overnight on Wall Street seeing a sharp sell off the Dow down over 600 yeah. points S&P 500 having its worst day in more than a month and that kind of indicates how perhaps the rally you've seen in the past few weeks is perhaps running out of momentum so that is a sign investors are starting to take profit off the table as they also look out for more earnings guidance from some of the companies that are set to report, including Netflix tonight and in the coming weeks, the tech sector. Yeah, and just a little more on that. So the Dow falling nearly 2% is effectively Wall Street's biggest pullback of the year. There is one technical sign, though, which could be a good sign, and that's called the breadth thrust indicator. It has a track record of predicting bull markets and it's putting out a positive signal for the first time in nearly three years. Can you give us a sense of this? Yeah, if you look at some of the signals that have been flashing, they do indicate that some of the market watchers are starting to have some doubts whether there is enough support or momentum for things to continue. And this is a sign that is flashing for the first time in nearly three years. So the technical indicator, like I pointed out, the breath thrust indicator triggered on January 12th. And this is showing how a lot of analysts are starting to get a bit nervous. Um, and if you look at mm. the ratio right now, it's climbing above 1.97. And this is when indicator is triggered. And it, it only happens infrequently and often arrives just as new market is starting to form. So this is something to watch out for to see um, if this is uh, another warning sign of where markets are going. All right, it's time for up or down. And I'm going to start with Twitter, Ryan. So it's another sign of Twitter's poor finances, I think. The headquarters in San Francisco auctioning everything from computers to espresso machines. It looks like a down for me. Ryan, how much would you pay for a sign? It's neon <laughs> and it's got Twitter's corporate bird logo on it. I don't know if well, you're a bird guy. I'm not sure how much I have in the bank right now, but probably not a lot. <laughs> of loose change to spare on a neon sign or any sign for that matter. Um, but mm, it's a sign of how things are really changing at Twitter. Not just jobs are being cut, but all the signage, perhaps soon to come mm. office chairs, kitchen sinks, what have you. So this is really just putting Twitter under a lot of you know, negative pressure these days when they should be shaping up the business. So they have been in the news for any other reason, usually negative. So we have surplus corporate office assets now up for sale. I'm not sure if that's going to be helping them much in terms of recovering some of their losses or you know, bringing in some of the cash buffer they need to tide things over. But at least they have some direction going on right now. Hopefully it's the right direction. Not a good look. Looks like it's a direction heading straight to the Karangoni guy. But, you know, someone actually paid more than 17,000 US dollars for that Twitter corporate bird logo. So who knows? 
Maybe this auction will help the company out. Next up, let's look at Bitcoin. All right, Bitcoin would mostly be an up for me because it has been on a bit of a rally with those expectations of a Fed hike starting to ease. But it has snapped its longest winning streak overnight. Mm. So I am starting to think maybe the rally may be overdone. Yeah, Bitcoin has held steady above 20,000 US dollars these past couple of days. It's now recovered all of those losses that it suffered following the collapse of FTX. If you had bought Bitcoin back in November, you'd be looking at a 30% gain. Of course, Bitcoins are still worth a lot a lot less than they were in the heyday of 2021, though, when it peaked above 60,000 US dollars. All right, next up, let's look at the Japanese yen. Okay, if you look at where we are right now for the Japanese yen, it is going to be a down for me. And this is after what the BOJ did or did not do yesterday. So in short, the Japanese yen weakened in the wake of the BOJ Marchi policy announcement where they in some sense, surprise markets by not doing anything. So they were expected to raise the ceiling for the 10-year bond yield target. It was at 0.5%, which was then doubled from earlier. And traders were speculating they might push it up to 0.75%. That did not happen. And then we started to see some unwinding of positions, people selling the yen to as low as 127 against the US dollar. And right now, it's kind of recovered to around 128 so investors have had their eyes on the Bank of Japan all week as they've been wondering if it would tweak or maybe even scrap its approach to monetary policy, as something called the yield control curve. In the end, though, at least for now, BOJ maintaining its ultra-low interest rate approach. And this has led to a sell-off in the Japanese yen, which depreciated about 2% over the past day to 12, no, 128.5 versus the greenback. All right, our last entry today is a local one, and that's in-flight caterer and air cargo handler SATS. So SATS shareholders have voted in favor of the company's acquisition of worldwide flight services. Assuming there's no opposition by regulators, the deal will turn SATS into the world's largest in-flight caterer and air cargo handler. However, SATS will take out a significant amount of debt to finance this deal. And SATS management team certainly giving the shareholder approval vote and up. But the uh, jury is still out on how this will impact SATS business and share price going forward. So what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, it's definitely a vote of confidence and also perhaps a recognition of the strategic value through this transformational deal as what it is being described to unlock both mm. SATS and WFS potential synergies. So 96.8% voted yes. You have to also bear in mind that Tomasek holds a big chunk, about 40% of sets indirectly. Even if you take out Tomasek, the Mm. approval rate would have been 89.7%. They just needed a simple majority above 50. So quite a strong yes coming through from shareholders. As you pointed out, it will then now move on to the regulatory approval stage and hopefully... March or April is when they expect the deal to be done. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at local stocks to watch in the year ahead based on a list that the Business Times has put together. And you can check out our discussions in the podcast, find them on Spotify, audio. You want to look for the playlist, Your Money, 
with me, Michelle Martin. Now, so far, we've talked about Semcorp Marine, Singapore Airlines, and Singpost, amongst others. And today, in our 2023 stocks to watch list, let's turn to manufacturing. To be more specific, a very particular type of manufacturing, and that is disposable rubber gloves. Yep, the company in focus today, UG Healthcare. So I remember rubber glove makers were really hot during the height of the COVID pandemic, right? Everybody thinking of snapping them on before administering shots. But now, not so much. So why is UG Healthcare on BT's 2023 stocks to watch list? Yeah, I remember the days when there was such a huge backlog. It would have taken months just to be on the queue to get supplies. And now it's the opposite, oversupply, worker demand, and also falling sale prices, as you expect with the COVID-19 pandemic pretty much through the worst being over. So not as strong demand for PPE stuff, including medical gloves. So that has seen a lot of pressure on glove makers like UG Healthcare. But Mm -hmm. the thing here is UG Healthcare has started to recognize that and diversify into non-glove healthcare businesses. And this is expected to give it some... I guess, upside opportunities in the long term. So it's looking at things like retirement homes, healthcare and wellness businesses. So shares of UG Healthcare down nearly 5% since the start of the year. Nothing compared to the 80% drop in share value that we saw over the past two and a half years. Back in August of 2020, UG Healthcare was trading close to $1.10 per share. Today, one share worth less than 20 cents. To be fair though, today's share price is still higher than what it was trading before COVID hit. So if you take a closer look at the numbers and on that point of diversifying as well, do you think UG Healthcare appears to be undervalued, Ryan? Well, there is a case uh, depending on how optimistic you are. So if you look at some of the analysis that has been done, uh, this one I'm looking at is from Simply Wall Street and it does paint a rather optimistic picture. If you look at the strengths, debt is not viewed as a risk. Dividends are covered by earnings and cash flows. So On the financial fundamentals, it's looking quite okay. Weaknesses, though, it is looking at earnings declining over the past year, like we reflect, because of all the issues around lack of demand, falling prices. Dividend is low compared to the top 25% of dividend players or payers in the medical equipment market. So if you're in for dividends, that might not be your top pick. But the opportunity is there. The good value based on price earnings ratio and estimate fair value. So on that front, looking at discounted cash flow valuations or calculations, there is an argument for that. And also, of course, you have to believe in the story and execution by UG Healthcare um, to play out in the coming years. All right. Now, one more story before we wrap up. And this one links to the world of tech, though it may not seem so at first. And I know over the next couple of days, there could be a lot of leftovers at people's tables. So this might interest you, listener. Uh, Ryan, would you pay a company to recycle your food scraps, you know, the leftovers at meals or food that's still sitting in your fridge? Would you pay someone to recycle those scraps? No, typically in every house, there's someone who eats up all the leftovers. So you just have to find that guy. <laughs> um, I would not pay. I would just try to find creative use for it as much as I can. But if you no know, push comes to shove and I feel guilty, I might 
know, start thinking a bit more about the environment and splash a bit more cash on. <sighs> That's hilarious. I wish I had that person at my table, the vacuum cleaner, we call him sometimes at some tables. So food waste takes up a lot of space in landfills and methane uh, that it emits Mm. is a significant contributor to climate change. So a lot of organizations have tried to tackle this problem. And I spied a company, they're called Nest Labs. They're owned by Alphabet and they have a device that has a new approach. It dehydrates the food overnight so your food scraps end up looking like ground coffee which consumers then post back to the company Nest Labs which it resells as chicken feed and they pay Nest a monthly subscription fee of 33 US dollars to do this I think the company should be paying people (laughs) to post their scraps to them what do you think winning business model what Nest Labs has I like the idea but 33 per month might be a bit steep for some people. I think the, to some degree, the government needs to step in to you know, make it mandatory. So you pay a tax and then right. it's already part of the whole sunken cost. So you have to do it anyways. So I yeah, think that's a good idea. Hmm. Nest Labs has a pretty good track record. Uh, not only were they purchased by Google back in 2014, the company also pioneered something called smart home thermostats, which you can control from your phone. So I'll you know, be looking at uh, this particular initiative, Nest Labs, to see if their latest device is a successful disruptor as well. Well, thank you very much for joining us on Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.